Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. you to open your scriptures, however you do that, whether it's in book form uh, or whether it is an online or an app or in your smart device or your phone, go ahead and do that. Do me a favor though, when you, if you're doing that electronically, turn off your notifications. It's just a distraction. I, I have to remember to do that. I, I usually do Bible study out of one of these and I have to remember, so I'm not looking at emails or the news or a text or something like that. So do that. And it'll be okay. At the end of the service, the world will still be there. But if you have your Bibles, let's open them to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 2. And we're going to read a few short verses in Joshua. Joshua chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 2 and read through verse 7. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Then Yahweh, the Lord, said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpet. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is... Thanks be to God. It's an interesting story, exciting story. This is near where Jackson and I are in our reading together and just kind of jumped out at me as we're uh, looking through this series. And so I wanted you to be able to, to, I wanted to tell some things about this story in particular that I think are so important for us. But first, I want you to see this statue or this, um, you know, one of those light up things you put out in your yard and it looks pretty until the wind comes by and knocks it over and you have to pick it up a bunch of times. I'm not doing this because next week we head into the Advent season and we get ready for Christmas. But uh, because a friend of mine, when I was in college, I was a freshman in college, and uh, our dorms at uh, Treveca, the men's dorms, didn't have like just rooms that went down. We had a suite of rooms. So if you go down the hallway and you open one of the doors, there would be an entryway and there would be three double rooms and one single room and your own bathroom set, two of everything, sinks, toilets, showers. It was a really nice setup. And my roommate, Daryl, at the time, he just, he had one of these or something similar to this. And so he decided it would be fun to put it in the entryway uh, in our, you know, as you, so as you open the door, there was light up Santa you know, for those few days before we went home for Christmas break. Well, you know, as college kids do, it just never came down. And so, you know, we're around Easter time and Santa's still there. And uh, 
we shared a suite with a couple of baseball players. And so baseball season was in, and uh, they must have had a losing game or a tough game or something. And they did. Their, you know, their frustration just got the best of them. They were walking in, and they probably had a bat around their shoulder. And they saw Santa there, and it's almost Easter. And the frustration came out, and they just whacked Santa. I, I, I know these guys. I think they probably had the best of attention. But Santa shattered into a bunch of pieces. It was a sad day. They tried to blame it on the Easter Bunny, but it just wasn't flying with us. So Daryl got this brilliant idea. Let's get all the pieces into our room. He put them in his closet. And we slowly started working on piecing Santa back together. Santa didn't look pretty. He probably would have done really good around Halloween if we brought him out. You know, uh, glue with lines, and we, I think we used some duct tape at the bottom. Uh, it was really Frankensteinish. But we decided here was our, our plan. We were going to start also gathering newspapers. And so we just gathered newspapers around the dorm. Whenever we bought a, a morning paper, we would do that. And here's what we started doing. We decided... One night, because one of the guys got up religiously every night at about 2 in the morning to go and use the restroom. We knew this because we were night owls. And uh, we decided we were going to start about 11 o'clock taping a newspaper, open it up wide, and we would tape it at the top of the door. Then you'd go down about a half an inch and tape another paper. And go down a half an inch and take another paper and another half an inch and tape another paper and another half an inch all the way down and all the way back up and all the way down and all the way back up and all the way down again. We had like a thickness of a small kid's book of paper in front of this door. Then we put Santa there and lit it up on our side and we waited. 145, 150, Two o'clock, sure enough, we hear some stirring, we hear the door open, and we hear a gentle on the paper. And the door closed. And we're like, oh man, that was not fun. Then he must have woken up a little bit. He opened the door, it opened up pretty, pretty quickly, and you could hear it slam against the wall, and started trying to push through. And finally, I don't know if he got a running start. We couldn't see from the other side, but he busted through, fell on the ground, and there was Santa, and we leaned in and said, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Now, he didn't scream in a high-pitched scream, but there was a scream. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because oftentimes, the wall between us and the life of generosity is paper thin. And there is really nothing scary on the other side. We've been dealing with this all through this, that God created us in in God's image, and God is generous, and therefore at the core of who we are called to be, we are called to live in generosity. And we've been looking at a lot of different ways because we tend to focus on money the most, but we've been looking at a life of generosity. And what does that look like? And I want you to know, when it comes to the financial piece, which we'll get to today, the wall between the life we're living and the generous life we're called into is paper thin. And while we may think there's something scary on the other side, the truth is, it's not. 
It's the life that God has called us to. It is the life of what it means to be truly human. Is the call to live generously. And I believe that this passage of scripture that deals with some pretty big walls. I mean, these walls were huge. Some say 12 to 18 feet high and 5 to 7 feet across. These are big walls. But God gives Joshua four things to break down walls. And I think they apply to us today. And so I want us to look at those. And they're all brought to you by the letter B. Okay, so take out some paper. You can write these down. Uh, we're going to get really familiar with the letter B today. The first thing that uh, we're called to in breaking down or tearing down these walls is to believe. To believe what? Well, to believe that God has given you the city. That's what Joshua and the people of Israel were called to believe that God has given you the city. Let's look at this in verse uh, two. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. It doesn't say I will. It says what I have present tense before the walls crack, crumble, or even begin to move in any direction. God invites Joshua and the Israelites to believe that he has already given them the city. He's already done that. And they are called to believe that God has done this. Number two, they're called to obey. <laughs> there we go. I, I tried really hard to find a, a, B, a, you know, a word that begins with B for that one, but obey. A strange battle plan. So we have the battle plan. And it is a strange battle plan. I mean, you think of battles, the last thing you think is, okay, we're going to go march around a city once every day. And on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. I mean, we're going to be exhausted before we even start. But they're called to obey this strange battle plan. Then God calls them to do the boring, helpful thing. They have to actually do that boring thing. They have to march around the city once, carrying the ark with the ram's horns in front and the priests leading and the armed men going around. And they've got to do that once a day. I mean, can you imagine? I think if I was Joshua, I was like, okay, God, uh, uh, thank you for this plan. But wouldn't it be more awesome if I just like walked up and said, God's given me this city, and then the walls fell? That would be cool, wouldn't it? And then we can just rush in? I mean, that would be the most awesome. But God is calling them to partner. This is what God has always been about. God is saying, I have given you the city, and you're basically just going to watch what I'm going to do, but I'm giving you a part because I want you to begin to do things that will develop trust in me. That over time, as you partner with what I have already done, you'll begin to have those trust muscles, those believing muscles in your soul begin to develop. And so God invites them to do the boring, helpful things. And we see that they do. And lastly... They're called to a life of blaring worship. That once all of this is done, it's not just sit back and let the walls fall, but it is to engage that their life of doing exactly what God has called them to do, their life of obeying that strange battle plan and doing the boring things becomes blaring worship 
and they shout. They shout down and those walls begin to fall. And then they can rush right in and know the truth that God had given them already before one crack appeared in the walls. He had given them the city. They were called to a life of blaring worship. Okay, so you're probably saying, okay, what's this got to do with generosity? I'm glad you asked. So let me ask you a question and let's work our way through these four examples today. The first thing I want to ask you is, do you believe that God has given you everything you need to live generously? Right now, I'm not talking about when you become a billionaire. I think so often we just have our focus on how billionaires can give, you know, this and that and to all these different nonprofits and things. And man, when I get there, I'm just going to give. No. Before you make the millions, do you believe right now that God has given you everything you need to live generously? I want to give you the example right here of Austin Gutwein. Austin Goodwine, when he was nine years old, he watched a video about the last pandemic, the AIDS epidemic, and how in Africa, every school day, uh, 2,057 kids were orphaned as their parents died of AIDS. And it gripped him. And he thought, I can do something. And so he decided that on a certain day, he was going to attempt to shoot 2,057 free throws. And he asked people to sponsor him so that he could then send that money on to help those kids who were orphaned because of AIDS. He wound up raising $3,000. But more than that, it inspired a movement which then became what still today is called Hoops of Hope. And Austin isn't, isn't even in charge of that. Austin is a, is a police officer out west. But he believed that God could use a nine-year-old boy to live generously to make a difference in his world. And today they have literally raised millions. And they have not just given money. They have built hospitals. They have built trainings. They have built people into people's lives who are now giving back in that community. And it's all because he didn't wait to live generously until he had his degree and made his way. He decided, what do I have right now? God has given me everything I need to live generously and he did it right then so maybe the question today is what has God given you that might enable you to live generously like Austin next let's move right along are you willing to obey a strange battle plan are you, are you willing to do that? Are you ready to do that? I mean, maybe it'll be strange. Maybe it's cutting up the credit cards. I, I remember in our lives when we got to a point, we were young people in grad school, and we had let those credit cards take over our lives. And it came to the time where we realized we have got to do something, and it's strange in this day and age where everything is on credit cards. And we had to go... And cancel 
and say, we're going to live on what we make. That's, that's hard. That's, that seems like a strange battle plan. But are you willing to obey if that's where you are? And if you have credit cards, I'm not, I'm not, you know, bagging on credit cards. I'm just saying, maybe to, in order to live generously, God is going to call you to do some things that seem like a strange battle plan. And are you willing to obey? And if that is cut up the credit cards like we did, then maybe that's the next thing. Maybe it's tithing for the first time. Seems like a strange battle plan. I remember one time talking to a financial advisor and they were going through the finances and all these kinds of things and they, they saw my paychecks and everything and then they saw that 10% of my paycheck, which comes from Cross Community Church, went back to Cross Community Church and they said, you're, you're giving your job back 10%? No, 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 you've got to stop that. I said, no, no, no. I'm not giving 10% back to my job. I'm giving 10% back to the God who enabled me to make 100%. And I want to see that go out into our world to bless people's lives. He just couldn't get get that in his mind. Like, why would anybody do that? Because I'm called to live generously because God is so generous to me. I know, and some of us, we think, oh, it's great. And I, I know even those, some of those guys out there like Dave Ramsey will say it's, a, it's about giving. And I've, I've heard so many people say, okay, and as soon as I get my debt snowball done and all that, then I'll start giving. No! No, it starts now. Before the walls come down, it starts now. To live and be obedient in that strange battle plan. Are you with me? Do you see how this works for finances? It works for living a generous life. Then we have to be ready to do the boring and helpful things. I mean, it wouldn't it just be awesome if, you know, $100,000 just dropped out of the sky and I could pay off my debts and go on. Awesome. I'd love that. But more often than not, God looks at you and me and says, okay, now it's time to do the boring thing. March around the city once every day. Then on the seventh day, do it seven times. But it's helpful as we begin to learn to live. Maybe some examples of the the boring, helpful things are maybe you need to read a book. Maybe you need to find a book that will help you understand finances and do those things. Maybe it's taking a course like Financial Peace University or or some of the other ones that are out there. Steve Lyle did one for us here uh, a few years ago. Maybe it's time to offer one of those again so we can begin to do the boring, helpful things that will lead to that generous lifestyle that we're called to. Maybe it's to create and live within a budget. There is nothing more boring and yet nothing more helpful than to create a budget and to live in it. You know, because you drive down Westnage and Chick-fil-A is right there. And those waffle fries are so good. (laughs) This is really mean of me today because it's Sunday and you can't even go get waffle fries right now. But to create and live within a budget, it's boring, but it's helpful. And when we do that with the intent purpose of pushing through the paper walls into the life God has called us to live generously, then we do that. 
We live within the boring knowing that he is going to help us. And then when you begin to do these things, your life becomes an example of blaring worship. I say every week when we give, it's not just an, ah, you ought to or you have to, you should let God get in your wallet. No, this is an act of worship that we're saying, thank you, God, for what you have blessed me with. And now I want to say to you, I am not living based on what's in my wallet. I'm living on your generous word. And I want to give as an act of worship. Use it, bless it, break it, multiply it, send it out so that others can know how generous you are. Your life as you obey and do the boring, helpful things, becomes a life of blaring worship. It's pretty cool how that works with finances, doesn't it? It's a little harder to put it into practice, but you can. Blaring worship is not this, okay? This is not what I mean by blaring worship, although there's nothing wrong with this. I love going to a good blaring worship time it is is fun i get all the feels and the goosebumps and i sing along till i'm hoarse i love that but the life of blaring worship i think is is best summed up by a couple of quotes from eugene peterson great book called a long obedience in the same direction he says there we can decide to live in response to the abundance of god and not under the dictatorship of our own poor needs you may want to take a picture of that slide you may want to write it down and and say wow what are my poor needs that are just dictating my life right now god help me to live in response to your abundance i want my life to be a life of blaring worship for you and especially around the the time of giving the life that you're calling me to live generously are you ready to do that another another quote i i want you to see is he says we think that if we don't feel something there can be no authenticity in doing it but the wisdom of god says something different that we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting let that sink in because what God called Joshua to do and what God calls us to do when we are pushing into that life of generosity to look like God is to say, there are going to be many days that I wake up and I'm not going to feel like doing this. But God, I'm trusting that as I act, you are going to change my feeling. And folks, I have found that to be true over and over. There was those times when there was a lot of anxiety uh, back in the dark ages when we used to write checks. Like, oh, I, I hope this cashes. I could really use that for the car. But as I have continued, and I know there are many of you as well, as I've continued to act the feeling slowly changes to where when I'm present with the giving, there becomes a joy that says, I know, I'm confident that God can supply every need. The walls are already down, even though I can see them. He has given me the life of generosity. This is good stuff, isn't it? Good news. 
So our question today on this last Sunday of the year, are you ready to take action in the kingdom of our King who is so generous? Can Christ the King Sunday become the day that you finally push through the paper-thin wall and live into what He is calling you to, to to, to believe that he has given you everything you need already, right now, today, to obey those strange battle plans, to do the boring, and to let your life become an example of blaring worship. This works on a number of levels, folks. This works on a number of things. It is often believing what God has called you to do, obeying even if it seems strange, doing the boring work, letting your life be shaped into blaring worship. It works for generosity. It works if you've got struggles in your marriage. Does God call you to love that person? Did you make vows? Do you believe that God wants you to have the marriage that he's called you to have? Then guess what? You might have to follow a strange battle plan and go to therapy. You might have to have the difficult conversation when everything within you is screaming, don't do that. You may have to do the boring over and over and over, that boring, helpful thing. You might have to go to therapy more than once. But you'll begin to see that shape. You want to get rid of a bad habit? got to believe that God... Send Jesus to die on a cross to set you free. He has given you the freedom that you need. But guess what? You're going to have to jump into a strange battle plan and you're going to have to try and rearrange your schedule so that habit gets changed. And that means you're going to have to do the boring over and over and over again. It's boring, but it's helpful. And you'll see that God begins to partner with you in that all the way along until your life changes and becomes a blaring example of a life of worship. And this works for those of you here on uh, online who have not yet begun the journey of faith. I want you to know that I believe for you today that Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised according to the Scriptures. And because of that, new life is possible for you. The victory is here before the walls have even, of your life have even come down. And He is longing for you. He is waiting patiently for you because He loves you. And He's not going to force you into anything. He's going to invite you into everything. And He's going to call you to believe that He has done that for you. And He's going to invite you to obey a strange battle plan that might look like confessing my sins, my mistakes, the the ways that my life is messed up. And then he's going to call you to do the boring things that are helpful to change. We call them spiritual disciplines. He's going to call you to learn to read a really long book called the Bible. He's going to invite you into times of prayer, which at first may even feel like I'm just praying to the ceiling. But he's going to call you to keep going on that, to do that boring, helpful thing. And you'll begin to see your life really begin to change into blaring worship. As God makes a dramatic change in you to the point that somebody's going to look at your life and say, what has happened? And you have an opportunity then to share what you believe about what Jesus has done to tear down those walls. And invite them into obeying. 
and doing the boring and letting their life be changed. Do you see how this works on so many levels? But today, we finish our series on generosity. And we're called, my friends. I'm called. You're called. Pastor doesn't get an exemption because he studied the Bible a lot. I'm called to live generously too. We do this together as a family. Whether you're here or you're online, we do this together. And so I'm going to ask you, church, are you ready to take action? The walls between you and a life of generosity are paper thin, and there is nothing scary on the other side. So let's push through. Let's believe. Let's obey. Let's do the boring things. And let's let our life, the life of our church together, become a blaring example of worship for God. Are you ready to move into that? Let's stand for prayer. Father, Thank you for this story that teaches us so much about how to live life in your presence. Today we've focused on generosity, but I just believe that our world is so broken and hurting right now and so divided that there are many ways that this passage of Scripture is applicable. And so for those of us who really sense your call to push through the walls, those paper-thin walls of generosity and generous living, help us today to believe that you have given us everything we need to move into that life. Help us to be like Austin. Say, what can I do? And just begin to go with it. Strange as it may see, teach us how to obey in giving. God, for those whose marriages are, as we would say, on the rocks, or relationships that have drifted apart, help us to believe that your longing is for reconciliation and health in a relationship. Help us to trust your strange battle plan and and, and do the boring things so that our lives would become worship for you, for our King. God, if there is anyone here or anyone online who has not yet begun the life of faith, would you inspire them today through the power of your Holy Spirit to believe that you have done everything to tear down the dividing wall between us and you and between us and other people. And you're inviting us into your strange battle plan. Help them right where they are to begin to confess the brokenness of their life, knowing that you long to heal. You'll bring your real healing power to them. Help them to do that. Help them to find their way to a church. Help them to learn how to do those helpful things over and over again so that their lives will be transformed to look radically different. God, we love you. And as we leave into this week, 
to eat a lot of food with family. Help us to remember sometimes family is the toughest part. So tear down those walls. Help us to obey. To do the hard, difficult, boring, helpful thing. And may even the time of family around the table become an act of blaring worship. God, we love you. And we long to follow after you. And so we pray and ask all of these things. And we go in the name of our risen King, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you receive this blessing before you head out? Thank you. Today, we finish up 13 years together. That's so fun. I look forward to the years that are left to come. But today, may you, my brothers and sisters, here and online, may you realize, may God make it so evident in your lives this week that He is calling you and giving you the ability. He has torn down the walls between you and living generously. I pray you would have the grace and the strength of His Spirit to obey His strange battle plan. I pray that you would have the grace and the sustaining endurance to do the boring things that are helpful. And I pray that together we will see our church transformed into a body of people who are alive with worship. Not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Go in His name. Go with gratitude and thanksgiving in your hearts. Eat till you are full. And then go eat some more. Because God is generous. God bless you. You are dismissed. Go in his name. Go and show his love. Thank you for joining us online. May God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next week. First Sunday of Advent. Can't wait. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.